and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Hi, Love Savers listeners. This is Keith Davis, the proprietor of the Golden Pear Cafes. As I enter my 30th year of marriage, I encourage you to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom for your marriage, for He is the one who can help you day by day in building a lifetime of peace, joy, fond memories, and a beautiful family. When Anne walked into the Golden Pear to apply for a job as Golden Pear's first pastry chef, I had no idea that God had brought my future wife and mother of our three children literally to my front door. But that is exactly what he did. And although we have had our challenges and ups and downs, God has richly blessed our marriage and he gets the glory for our 30 years together. So I encourage you to seek God's will and use Love Savers as a resource to improve and bless your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. Today's guest author is Katie M. Reed. She wrote the book, Made Like Martha. Katie asked the question, are you a Martha who feels guilty for not being a Mary? Katie says, here's the good news. Jesus loves you just the way you are. Drawing on the timeless story of Martha and Mary, Katie writes in her book, how to rest in your heavenly father without compromising your God-given gift as a doer. Sandy talks with Katie M. Reed about her new book, Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. Let's listen. Hi, Katie. Hi, Sandy. How are you? All right. We're going to discuss your book, Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. And I guess why it's really important is not just for the woman's sake of being able to rest in the Lord with who she is, but as far as the husband and the family is concerned, because we always like to focus on marriage, if one seeks out balance within themselves and their household, it always works out better for everybody rather than being a total workaholic or feeling guilty about being who you are if you are a go-getter or if you are more relaxed and laid back, feeling guilty about that. With the help of the Lord, balance can be brought and no guilt or shame as to who we were born as, but knowing God loves us anyway, right? He Absolutely. loves us because we we are all his baby girls, right? We are his daughters. Why do you think the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10 causes so many women to feel guilty? 
Well, you know, for centuries this has been going on, I think, right? That we've yes. read this passage in Luke 10, 38 through 42. Um, I think those of us that are made like Martha are often hard on ourselves, right? We want to do a good job. We're a lot of times ultra responsible. We want to keep the ship running smoothly. And I think so many of us who have read this passage have viewed it as maybe even a rejection on being made like Martha, but really that's not what God was saying. He pointed out one thing that Martha needed to work on, right? To not serve from a place of being worried and distracted. But I don't think he was telling her to stop serving. I think he was inviting her to serve from a place of peace, knowing that he was enough for her. And I think many of us, um, you know, kind of viewed this passage as like, Martha, Martha, you know, get it together, girl. Right. When really... It was like just, you know, if you have children, it's like with your children, when you're correcting them, it's out of love. It's because you know what's best for them. And I think he had a tenderness, you know, to his Martha, Martha. You know, you're worried and distracted by all these things, you know, but Mary's chosen the better part. And I think sometimes what we overlook is that part was available to Martha too, but I don't know that it had so much to do about taking a seat. I mean, obviously it's important for us to rest, but I wonder if Jesus was inviting Martha to take a seat on the inside, to rest in who he was and who she was in light of him. Yes. In John eleven five, we see that Jesus loved Martha and her siblings, and his correction wasn't a scolding, but an invitation to walk in freedom instead of fret. Right. And anxiety, right? And Oh, you yeah, he nervous. wants that abundant life for us. And, you know, I love in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you know, how we see that, you know, we're saved by grace. It's not our works, but it's Christ's finished work, right, that makes grace a gift for us, not something that we have to earn. Yeah. But then the next part of that verse talked about, you know, they were his workmanship, and there are good works prepared in advance for us to do. But for so long, I lived like those works were, I've got to do this or he's going to be mad. I've got to do this or he's going to be disappointed. I've got to do this or, you know, I won't be worthy. And it's like in Christ, we're worthy, not in and of ourselves. And that right. there are good works for us to do, whether that's at our job, in our marriage, you know, with parenting. But we want to do those things in a response to already being loved. And because we're so thankful that we're loved, not to try to get that, you know, position that is already ours in Christ. And I think it can transform our marriages when we realize, again, who God is and who we are in Him, because then we're serving each other, our spouses, from a place of that settledness instead of that striving, like, oh man, you know, if I you know, don't get this stuff done that I said I would do. I mean, sure, my spouse might be frustrated, but when I realize, like, they love me, you know, they're for me, yeah. then you do those things because you want to honor 
the other person. Right. Many of us have tried to shed the skin of efficiency because we've misinterpreted this passage to mean there's something wrong with being made like Martha. Right? Absolutely. And I I just so want women to know whether you are made like Martha or Mary, there is no shame in that. And in fact, the world needs both types of people. And I think all of us, we have both tendencies at times, but that there is, you know, that that was on purpose. I don't think it was a mistake that Martha was wired, you know, to be able to get a lot of things done. I just think that Christ wanted her to do that from a place of freedom, not that, you know, everything's going to fall apart if I don't do it. And, you know, being responsible is a great quality. That's not a bad thing. But at least for me, there's that sneaky shift that can happen when you're trying to play God in other people's lives, when you're taking responsibility beyond what God has asked you to. And I know that has gotten me in trouble a time or two, you know, in my marriage. Right, you have to be careful with that, right. Yeah, like when you're trying to play the Holy Spirit of like, I know how this should go, or, you know, it's kind of that my way or the highway mentality. And I think, you know, as Martha's, we can get that bad rap, you know, sometimes when we're um, not allowing people the room to do things the way they do them. You know, my spouse and I, we both parent differently you know and at first when our first daughter was born you know I had in my mind how it should go that there was a right way and there was a wrong way and then I realized like I'm not giving him room to do things his way and our daughter needs both of those examples and um but I think realizing like being wired like Martha is not a curse it's not a bad thing it's just that we don't have to live in this state of fret, um, even as a Martha. Right. We usually assume that Jesus was criticizing Martha for working too hard and not resting in him or listening to him. Would you say that is true? Yeah, you know, I think it was more about maybe her motivation and her, um, you know, heart position. And listen, I mean, I can overdo it, right? And sometimes, um, you know, I enjoy work, so I can do too much. And I think it's just that, you know, are we carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders? Are we trusting God that he's going to pick up the slack? I know for women that are made like Martha, resting sometimes can feel like another thing to do. It can be hard, you know, sometimes to relax. Or even to know how to. Yeah. That exactly. And I think two things that come to mind is that one, rest can look a lot of different ways. You know, I think the key thing is are we being re-energized? Are we, you know, being refreshed? I have some friends that like to go for a brisk walk and that is restful to them. I have other friends that like to take a long nap, you know, and everything in between. Um, but the other thing is when we rest, it really is demonstrating trust in God, that he's working even when we're not. And I think sometimes those of us that are made like Martha can find ourselves, um, you know, in that place of fret because we're not really trusting that he's got this managing the you know whole world thing down. Because sometimes God doesn't do things like we expect him to. Right. And um, even though he knows better than we do, you know, sometimes that's a hard um, that's a hard one. But yeah. I think 
I just want women to know that, man, Martha was loved by Jesus. And I think those of us that are the go-getters, we can feel so much you know, guilt and shame. But, you know, he was pointing out one thing for her to improve on. He wasn't criticizing the totality of who she was. You know, he made her, you know, with this capacity to get these things done. And that's a good thing indeed. Yeah, he wasn't stomping her to stop being a doer, but he was reminding her or wanted to that she was a daughter too, right? Absolutely. We assume that Jesus was asking Martha to sit down physically like Mary mm-hmm. was, but what if he was inviting her soul to rest even while she continued working? which is something that we all have to practice and learn to do. Like even putting on praise music while you're dusting and vacuuming. You know, it can, rather than, you know, it being a grueling task, it can just be such a restful spiritual task. And maybe, yeah. In John 12, 2, we see that Martha is serving again, yet Jesus does not correct her this time. Here, Martha serves from a place of strength and peace instead of a place of striving and stress. Right? I love that because... You know, we focus so much on that Luke passage, you know, when Jesus lovingly tells Martha, hey, you know, there's a better way. And then we see that she's serving again, and he doesn't correct her this time. So it shows me that there's nothing wrong with serving. It's just that God wants, you know, us to do it from a place where we know we're already loved. And that's not what makes us more pleasing to him. And so I really believe that this is a picture of Martha's act of worship. You know, a couple verses later, we see that Mary, you know, displays this lavish display of worship at Jesus' feet, but I think Martha was worshiping as well, and her way of worshiping was serving, yeah. and you know, maybe she was taking care of the meal, or, you know, organizing things, but um, that that was her way to show him love. You know, yeah. I have several friends that are struggling with health issues, chronic um, illness issues, and they are Martha's, and so you can imagine how frustrating that is for them, because uh-huh. they want to do all the things, but they can't, you know, maybe yeah. health or circumstances or just your schedule. And I had a friend that said something that I thought was so important. She said, you know, God doesn't require that I serve him with the strength I wish I had. Yeah. He asked me to serve him with the strength he's given me. You know, so Amen. if you're, you're struggling with those things, it's like he's he's asking you to serve him with the strength he's going to provide you. And we all have different energy levels. You know, I'm a go-getter, but Amen. I haven't been blessed with, like, that Energizer bunny <laughs> energy. Like, I take a nap some days, you yeah. know, and yeah. I think um, we can kind of get into that comparison game, you know, either way, like, oh, man. Right. You know, she's so with Mary. She can spend hours with the Lord, and she doesn't get bored with that. You 
you know? Yeah. Or, or you used to look at Martha's, but man, I wish I had that, you know, drive and motivation. But I think as we um, realize a little bit more about these sisters, it gives us compassion um, for each other. I had a friend the other day come over and help me clean my fridge, which is not, you know, that's not a real glamorous job. And I was so thankful that she was willing to do that. And then I had another friend, I had a specific prayer need, and she came and prayed for that thing, you know? And so it's like, we need both types of people in our lives. One's not inferior or superior to the other. Right. We're just behaving in the manner that God made us <laughs> most of the right. time. What drew you to write a book about the story of Mary and Martha? Was it unique well, about your interpretation, or what is unique about your interpretation of this story? Yeah, well, thing? like we were saying, for so long, she's gotten a bad rap. And I yeah. just always related so strongly with Martha. And if I'm honest, I really wished, you know, that Jesus would have just said, Hey, Mary. Martha's in there by herself. Go help her. I mean, that's really how I wanted the story to happen. But I believe all of Scripture is true and that, you know, that's not what Jesus said. So it's, you know, a lesson of like, okay, you know, there are things in all of us that uh, we want to work on. But I think whether we work on them or not. We are loved by Jesus. And for some reason, I had missed that on my journey. It's like I knew I was saved by grace, but then I tried to keep God happy through exemplary behavior and doing all these things. But it wasn't just out of that love and gratitude. It was out of fear. You know, like if I yeah. do the right thing, God's going to be mad and he's going to, you know, be disappointed and angry. And I had bypassed his compassion. And one thing um, he had helped show me that really, you know, drew me to want to write about this is um, for so long I lived like he was company to impress. I don't know about you, but when company comes over, I kind of turn into hostzilla before they arrive. (laughs) (laughs) Family and we're scrambling around, you know, that Jesus like, Katie, I'm not company to impress. I'm family to enjoy. Yeah. And that made such a difference, you know, of like, okay, he lives. Like, if we had invited him in by faith, believed he died on the cross for our sins, rose again, we're beloved daughters of him. And our position is secure in his heart, and he lives in the home of our heart. And for, yes. for some reason, it's like my head knew that, but my actions didn't show that. And it just means you relax when you realize, like, he lives here. Like, he might put his feet up on the couch, like, and it's okay, you right, know? And, right. and he invites us to do that, too. It's that it's just that oh, deep breath of, like, he did the greatest work of all time that needed to be done. And, yes, there are works for us to do, but we don't have to take on all these extra things, um, these heavy burdens. Um, you know, yes, we have heavy burdens in our life, but I think those of us who are made like Martha often take extra things on. You know, we throw on some extra load because um, we want to be pleasing to him. But I think that really these um, glimpses of Martha in the Bible show us that she was loved. And, you know, when Lazarus died, 
Martha goes out to Jesus and she was like, Lord, if you've been here, like things would have gone differently. Yeah. And actually she was demonstrating great faith. And then Jesus, you know, reveals who he is to her. And that just shows me, man, he loved her, you know, and yeah. he's patient with us. You know, I think about like, you know, a toddler, whether it's your child or your grandchild, when they're learning to walk, they don't get it right the first time, right? It yeah. takes them time, but we're patient with that. We don't yeah. expect they're going to, you know, be proficient on the first try, but yet we do that to ourselves. Like, oh man, you know, I want to live like grace is a gift, you know, not something I have to earn, but that takes time to, you know, work that out. And what does that look right. like in our everyday life? Right. Made Like Martha is written for those, you say, who love checking things off their to-do lists. You know, I had a brother-in-law who once said to me, because he watched me, he said, I've never seen anybody write down on their to-do list, write a to-do list. <laughs> That was right on the top of my list, I guess. He got a kick out of that, right. Well, you write in your book, Made Like Martha, that many of us assume that God is mad or he's disappointed in us. Why do you think this is? How have you found healing in your life from that assumption? Well, again, I mean, it could be... I think people get to this conclusion lots of different ways. You know, it could be your upbringing. It could be just your temperament, that you're a person that, you know, yeah, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like, I want to do it right. I want to get things right. Yeah. Um, but I think I just, I didn't see him as this good father. I think I saw him as kind of a tyrant, you know, at uh -huh. times of like, you know, you better hop to it. And I lived like I was a slave, you know, that yeah. could not please their master. Do enough. And I was wearing myself out. And honestly, I was pretty crouchy. <laughs> because oh, yeah. if you always feel like you're falling short, I mean, that's just a bummer, right? Yeah. And um, when he was showing me, like, you know, I'm a loving father. And my word, like, yes, there are times that he disciplines us because he loves us. But in those times, he's still motivated by love. And so I started reading the Bible differently. Like, uh -huh. as like a parent putting their child on their lap or getting ready to send them off to college and say, Hey, I want to tell you some things, you know, that I know to be true. And like, you want to listen to that wisdom. I mean, you don't always want to listen to the wisdom of your parents, but when you know it's trustworthy and you know, your beloved child, like, you know, whether you listen right then or later, you know, you know that those are good things for you, even if they're, you know, hard to live out. And I just think there's many of us living like a slave instead of a beloved child of God. And, um, you know, when we realize that we don't have to you know, wear ourselves out to be worthy because, because of Christ, we're worthy, not in and of ourselves. Right. Apart from him, we have no good thing. But in him, we have that rest. Whether we're sleeping or standing or sitting, we can have that rest, that peace within, knowing that 
um, our salvation is settled in Jesus Christ. Right. And if we are in Christ, our position in his heart is secure and he loves us and he is within us so that we don't have to, as you mentioned, even have to have a quiet time or find just the appropriate place or, you know, we can feel that security and calmness um, in the midst of it all, even right. in the midst of tackling our to-do lists. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I think, too, for a lot of times, you know, I mean, obviously, knowing God's Word and prayer, like, those things are good things, but I think so many Christians use those as their, you know, barometer for how they're doing in their Christian walk. But when I started viewing those things as gifts, you know, or I talk about and made like Martha, you know, these are treats. Like, you know, if yeah. you love smoothies or a piece of cake, it's like these are things that are gifts given to you to enjoy. Right. You know, that he wants us to know him. He wants us to know his word. But I think a lot of us have kind of have it beaten over our head like, well, you better have an hour long quiet time. And, you know, I have five loud and wonderful children. A quiet time, like, sounds heavenly, but it's not very realistic, you know, unless I'm going to get up at, you know, before the crack of dawn. But I just think that so many of us tie those things to how God feels about us and that he loves us even on our worst crouchy day, you know, when we don't get it right or we are, you know, seeing up to get up early or being a busy body, you know, we are still loved. And that just takes a lot of pressure off those of us that are made like Martha when we realize like, Our worth is not tied to our productivity, no matter productive or not productive at all. That is a hard lesson for us to learn because we enjoy getting things done. We enjoy being productive. Yes. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being productive either. We aren't going to condemn that. As you said, some people are made that way, right? But it's how we do it, right? Not having to feel that we have to, but to see the freedom in it, right? That we don't have to do it just to be loved. How can this new understanding of Mary and Martha keep us from judging others or ourselves? Well, I think it gives us compassion, like I said, to realize, like, there are differences, and those are a good thing. I mean, if everyone, you know, um, only was home having their quiet time all day, like, we would miss out on things, right? But if we're always doing, 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 we're missing out maybe on some of those quality conversations. And so God is such a creative God that he gives us these differences to strengthen us. You know, I have a particular friend who she's also a speaker and a writer and a mom, and she um, helps keep me grounded, you know, when I'm trying Amen. to run like too far down the track but right. for her. I can kind of give her a little kick every once in a while, like, all right, you know, when are you, when's the deadline when, that you're setting for yourself, you know? And, and that's a beautiful thing to link arms instead of pointing fingers. Yes. And the same is true in our marriages, you know, um, 
you know, maybe your spouse is more like that married type, you know, or vice yeah. versa. Like understanding, like, for instance, my husband, you know, he's more laid back. He's more of a Mr. Steady type. Uh-huh. And he just assumes, hey, let's relax. And then after we do that, we'll get the job done. Whereas I'm like, let's get the job done so we can relax. You can right, imagine exactly. in our marriage. Yeah. How they could constantly be frustrating each other, you know? So we've over yeah. the years tried to be like, okay, sometimes we we do the work first. Other times we're like, okay, let's watch a movie and then we'll get it done. Right. You know, I think Very good. communicating that we see the world through a different lens uh-huh. and that's okay instead of constantly being frustrated that the other person isn't like we are. Right. How can we think of Jesus' words to Martha as an invitation rather than as a criticism? Well, I think when he said, you know, you know, Martha, you're worried and distracted about many things, but Mary has chosen what is better. You know, for me, it seems so long like, well, Mary is better, even though it's not what he was saying, right? Right, yeah. One of the um, definitions of or one of the translations says the better part. And I looked up what part meant, uh-huh. and it meant a share of the inheritance. And it kind of reminded me of the story of the prodigal son. You know, he squandered his inheritance, and then he came back, and the father, you know, hugged him and welcomed him and celebrated his return. Well, then he's got the older brother, who I think had, you know, some Martha tendencies, or she had some tendencies like him, who was like, listen, you know, I've been doing the right thing here, but you've never thrown a party for me. And the father says to the older son, son, all that I have is yours. And I think it's the same message to Martha. You know, Martha, all that I have is yours. You don't have to wear yourself out to get my love. It's available to you. And I think that was the invitation of, Martha, this can be yours too. And would you please give us your website quickly because I'm going to have to say goodbye and God bless you. Yeah, it's katiemreed.com, and read is R-E-I-D, and there's also madelikemartha.com, and as a gift to your readers, if they go to madelikemartha.com, they can read chapter one for free. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Katie. God bless you until you write another great book, and we'll talk to you then. Okay? All right. Bye. Bye. 